Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Window Seat, the podcast of Augustana University's International Programs Office. I'm your host, Heather Reed, and today we share the study abroad experiences of Liz Lee. As we enter the last week of J-term, which has certainly gone by quickly, we continue to reflect on and carry hope for study abroad. As you'll note from our last podcast, interim is the most common time for Augie students to study away, which is why we're choosing to focus on it this January. Back to the interview. You'll notice that Aaron Kane, the best study abroad advisor in the world, this is a fact, not my opinion, conducts today's interview, and we are grateful to her for everything that she does in the IPO. Liz Lee is a junior from the Twin Cities, majoring in Spanish and modern foreign languages, minoring in English as a second language, and biology. What an interesting array of things to explore, and study abroad contributed to her selection of majors and minors. What I encourage you to do as you listen to Liz is appreciate her openness. Because of her curiosity and lack of preconceptions, she has allowed her experiences with different people and cultures to shape and enhance her own life journey. What a wonderful way to live. So without further ado, please learn from the experience of another with Liz. I'm here with Liz Lee to talk with her about her study abroad experience at Augustana. Liz, can you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Elizabeth or Liz, and I'm a junior at Augustana. I'm majoring in Spanish and modern foreign language, and I'm minors in teaching English second language and biology. That's a list. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Were you always those majors? No, I actually started as a nursing and Spanish double major, and then after studying abroad, I ended up changing it. We'll talk about that. Yes. (laughs) Was nursing what led you to Augustana, or how did you find yourself here? Um, I actually came to Augustana because of studying abroad. Um, It was a major checklist point when I went to visit colleges, and I was kind of choosing between St. Olaf and Augustana, um, and I specifically wanted to study abroad, so I was looking at study abroad programs and opportunities with that, and Augustana was the one that fit all of my my qualifications. Nice. When did you know you wanted a study abroad experience? I I don't know why I decided that that was what I wanted to be a major part of going to college, but I would say sometime in high school, just with traveling. I traveled a lot with my grandparents when I was younger, and so I've always had a little bit of a passion for, for traveling around and going places and experiencing new things. Do you have a favorite childhood travel memory with your grandparents? <laughs> Some of them are kind of adventurous, but I did go... I would say either the Grand Canyon with my family, although that was kind of crazy too. Um, And I've also been to Jamaica when I was 12 with my grandparents, and that was really good. I was very sunburned by the end. So So we can thank your grandma for the travel bug? Yes, absolutely. My grandma and my grandpa, (laughs) they both really like to travel. They traveled all around Europe with each other when when they were younger, so. Very cool. So you get to campus. You're a nursing major. You know you want to study abroad. How did you start figuring it out or making that big plan? So I think when we started needing to make our plans for the next year as a freshman, 
there was a place where all the nursing majors could go. And when I was making my plan, I sat down and I said, hey, so I want to study abroad as a nursing major. How can I do that? Knowing that with nursing, I would be doing clinicals my junior and senior year. So I had to do it um, either my freshman or sophomore year studying abroad. And so I talked to someone and they kind of gave me an idea of going somewhere Spanish speaking because she was also a Spanish double major. And so I worked in going my sophomore year, but then I ended up going to the study of Wayfair that was offered in the fall. And another girl that I was with my freshman year was like, Liz, what if we studied abroad this J term? And so we went around to every single station and talked to every single person. And then I ended up coming over and talking to you and being like, Erin, does like, could we go to India with this one program? And she basically said, well, Augustana also offers a J-term trip to India with Dr. Looney. Um, and that was the last class that she taught at Augustana. Um, and so we ended up signing on to that and going my first J-term as a freshman. Yeah, that's pretty wild. It was. <laughs> didn't miss any time. I didn't. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about your J-term in India? What was that like? That was incredible. Shout out to Sushil um, for being so wonderful. He was our guide. And doing a J-term trip is definitely amazing because of both the group that you're with and the experience. I'd say I preferred doing a semester abroad just because I like living somewhere versus traveling. And a J-term trip is a lot more adventurous and you're visiting major locations and you cover so much ground and you're moving 24-7. But with that, you also got to experience so much. And since it's a whole new experience with the small group that you're with and you travel with them the whole time, it's amazing to get to know them in such a unique setting. And so I still talk to a lot of those people that I traveled with my freshman year, J-term, even if they were a senior and graduated right away. Like those are people that I've kept talking to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that India course puts on a lot of miles. You go a lot of places. It does. <laughs> Did you have a, a favorite memory or a highlight from that course? I would say I actually got to celebrate my birthday while I was in India. And on my birthday, we went to the Taj Mahal, which was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And then Sushil's wife ended up buying cakes for me for our end party and a new experience for me they like fed me the cake <laughs> for the bites and I was very surprised <laughs> to be fed food <laughs> but that was really fun um and really every everywhere else we traveled it was just so it was so beautiful the Ganges was incredible the sunrises the yoga all of it the overnight train ride oh yeah <laughs> that was something <laughs> for sure so you return for spring semester, and you just have to get busy with applications, right? You have to decide where you're going. You have yes. to get courses approved. Can yes. you talk a little bit about that? So I had already decided that I was going to go to Costa Rica before I left for India, but I'd kind of postponed applying until I had applied to all the India things and figured mm-hmm. that all out, so I wasn't doing them both at once. And then in throughout the spring semester, I met with you and I applied for the Gilman. Um, I did all of the applications online for ISA. That's the program that I studied through. And there was quite a few different programs that I could have gone to Costa Rica with, but I chose that specific program because of a 
missions component um, and volunteering component that I wanted to be a part of traveling abroad myself. Yeah. How did you pick Costa Rica as a location? So as a Spanish major, I knew that I wanted to go to a Spanish-speaking country. And I'd already gone to India, which was a little bit more of a country that most people don't travel to. And I just felt like a lot of people go to Europe. And so if I went to Europe, I would be going to Spain. But I just feel like the U.S. is closer to a lot more Latin American countries. And I wanted a somewhat different experience than that. And so I knew I wanted to go somewhere in um, in South America or Central America. And that program just happened to be the one that fit all of my all my criteria. Yeah. So you said the mission work was a big part of that program. Can you talk a little bit about what you did there? So the missions program that's connected to ISA and this specific program was Face of Justice, which is a group that works with people who've, who are in some form of sexual work or who have been taken out of sexual trafficking. And so they had two different safe houses. They had one in the red zone, which is mostly prostitutes, um, and you work with them during the day, like feeding them, um, just doing different activities. And then they also have a safe house for girls under 18, and that's where I spent most of my time with the two other girls in my program who were doing the volunteer work. And I actually thought that all the people in my program were going to be doing the same thing, but there was three out of about 30 of us that were doing the volunteering. And so I spent a lot of time with those girls and got to know them really well. Um, And I also got to work with a lot of local Costa Ricans because they were the people who kept Face of Justice running and were there every week, um, every Friday night. And then we also did... Every Friday night, we would go out on the street, and it was called Cafe en la Calle, and we would serve coffee to the prostitutes who are out on the weekends, and just talk with them and pray with them, um, and build relationships with them. Did you get to know some of those people? Did you see them? Yeah, we did. We would see them consistently each Friday, Mm -hmm. and a lot of those people, the the volunteers who'd been, who are Costa Rican and who are there every single week, they had built relationships with a lot of these um, these people that were out on the streets and they knew them by name um, and would try to make sure to stop on whatever corner they might be at and just continue that relationship and see how they were doing and be praying for them. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised by any of your interactions with those that you served or did you learn something you weren't expecting to? I would say I was honestly most surprised by how open they were to being prayed for. I feel like in the United States, a lot of times if you you went up to some random person and were like, I can pray for you, it's almost taken as offensive. Sure. Um, But they were so open to it and they wanted, they wanted prayer. I didn't think, I don't think we had a single person who said no to being prayed for or um, said no to having at least a conversation. Um, where you would talk with them and get to know them. And I really appreciated how open they were to that and um, and just how gracious they were in asking us how we were and being willing to talk to whatever random person is is with them that Friday night because there was a lot of different volunteers who would come through. Mm-hmm. We've had a couple other students participate in that program and to be able to hear you know, different viewpoints of our students is really cool. Um, I know that that work is appreciated and it's needed and it's just really 
I don't know, inspiring to hear how it affects people. Yeah. Yeah. That's really neat. There were definitely hard moments with it, but it was incredibly rewarding to see those girls slowly get better and especially in the safe house seeing them improve in different ways throughout your time there was really amazing yeah definitely probably a lot of trust building and just skill building Mm. one of the past participants who went on that he said his the biggest challenge for him was one day when one of the face of justice leaders asked them all to pray for the people that put them in that situation Mm-hmm. And he really wrestled with that. Like, how do I give grace to somebody who has done wrong mm-hmm. to another human? So I don't know if you ever felt pushed um, a little yeah. bit past some of those comfort zones. <laughs> yeah, we did have one Saturday night where we went to, um, it was the biggest brothel in Costa Rica. And a lot of the people who go to that brothel are from the United States, actually, um, and not from Costa Rica and so we would ask a lot of people there didn't want to be prayed for but we just basically prayed for the building um and anyone that was going in and out um just standing on the corner and that was that was one of I'd say our more intense nights of of volunteering for sure a lot of students probably consider study abroad as an option if it's a short course like a j term or going longer for a semester but I don't think many would think of this as part of their study abroad experience. Yeah. Why was it important to you to incorporate that? I'd say it was important to me just because my faith is really important to me. And I knew that in studying abroad, I think it's, it would have been easier to go to a foreign country and become more disconnected, but I wanted to be able to go there um, and not just have it be about studying. I wanted to have. Um, I wanted to have relationships with people in the church. I wanted to um, to be a part of something in Costa Rica that um, was more than just my classes, although it was so fun to travel around and do all those things too and to get to know the people uh, that were in my program. And I honestly consider the people in my program just a part of um, the joy of being there and almost part of the mission of just loving on every single person that I got to know. And I think that's what made my study abroad so rewarding to me and also um, just worth it to go. Yeah. I think for those who haven't traveled in a group or been so far out of their comfort zone with new people, don't realize the bond and the connectivity that that creates. Yeah. (laughs) And so you become fast friends. It kind of puts everything in speed drive. It does, for sure. Do you still stay in contact with some of those people you were... I do. Uh, One of my friends is actually getting married this Saturday at two o'clock and I'm so excited for her. On your birthday. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it was really, it was so fun to be with her in Costa Rica. She was one of the people I volunteered with and to like talk to her all about her relationship and then to have her come back and we've stayed up with each other. And I remember she texted me, she was like, Liz, is it okay if we get married on your birthday? (laughs) I was like, that's fine. (laughs) Permission granted. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So thinking about the the whole experience, I mean, obviously academics was a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. What was it like to take courses in outside of the United States, in Costa Rica? It was definitely a very different setting. The way that this school had it set up, they had a study abroad section that was completely separate from the courses that their main students um, 
took at the university. And so I didn't have any courses with local students. And my classes, I ended up taking three Spanish classes. So I took three basically mini J terms each month. And then I took a holistic medicine class that lasted the entire time. And the teachers were, I would say, more disorganized than any teacher that I'd had in the U.S. Like normally the curriculum is just very set and you do the same thing every day. But I had very little idea what a lot of these teachers wanted me to do or what they were asking me to do. So there was definitely a few moments where I was overwhelmed by the whole process or just what the teacher's expectations were. They were probably my most intense Spanish classes that I took. None of my teachers spoke English at all. And so I was in advanced Spanish courses, but it was so much fun to be able to listen um, and learn and then need to ask questions and have them not be able to just say, oh, this is what it means in English for them to be like, oh, this is like explaining it all to me in Spanish. This is what this means. Do you get it now? Um, and because I was in advanced Spanish and I was one of the few students who took classes for all three months, I actually, my last class, I was the only student. And so it was just me and Conman and we chatted it up every single day and had really funny conversations. Honestly, it was just me and her talking to each other for like a month straight for four hours every day. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun. How would you say your language improved? Immensely. Definitely immensely. The other amazing part of studying abroad was the homestay aspect of it with this program and my parents also didn't speak any English and my roommate was from Brazil and so it was funny because sometimes I would know more grammatical things with the Spanish and she'd be asking me questions and then I'd look at her and be like how do I like put this in the right order or how do I say this properly Um, and the different ways that we would help each other with that but every single day I would eat breakfast with my mama Tika and papa Tico for like 30 minutes and then we'd have dinner for at least an hour every night and the difference from when I first got there I think I was very timid and shy and kind of embarrassed of my Spanish almost but just realizing that any communication is better than no communication and building that up with them and that by the end being able to have full conversations with them and my cousin actually came to visit me while I was abroad for a week and that was so fun with my um tico parents just to like the ways that they catered to her and she didn't know any spanish at all and so i had to do a lot of translating between them and definitely with that experience i was like wow i've learned so much compared to when i got here because i would have been the one who needed help with the in-between and to be able to translate things for her so that they could have a conversation i was like i've actually learned something i've learned so much it was wild oh i believe it have you dreamt in spanish I I feel like I've definitely had dreams where Spanish was being spoken at parts. So I can say I can say yes to that. Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely think in Spanish while I was there. And I kept a journal my entire time and I wrote absolutely everything in Spanish the entire time. That was kind of one of my goals so that I wasn't like always defaulting to English once I was doing my own thinking. So you talked a little bit about the time you spent with your Tico parents. Can you kind of elaborate on just what a typical day looked like? You say you get up and you have breakfast as a family. Yep. So part of this program is that there are people in the community who kind of, they don't necessarily volunteer. I think that's actually their job is to have us and stay in their houses and then they'll feed us breakfast and dinner every day. And that's part of us being at their house. And so my mama Tika, she 
cleaned all my clothes. And that was like the first time in my entire life I've had someone clean my clothes consistently for me, which blew. I was like, this is so, <laughs> so kind of this human being. <laughs> it was honestly here permanently. <laughs> kind of humbling. <laughs> um, but we would have to be at breakfast. Uh, I think it was 7.15 every morning was the time that we would eat. And we would have different kinds of fried empanadas sometimes or okay so we would eat rice and beans in the morning sometimes yeah. and then we would also eat a more liquidy form of oatmeal um and that was really fun and then normally for lunch we would go out because that wasn't part of what our parents would do during the day and my spanish class was for four hours so from eight until 12 every day and then after that i normally go eat snacks somewhere i ate a lot of sushi there was a sushi place right next to <laughs> next my school um or go on walks downtown go to go to markets do my homework for the afternoon and then normally we would eat dinner at about 5 p.m i think is when our scheduled dinner was every day and my mom and Tika would normally be in there cooking and then if i was in my room taking a nap she would come and knock on my door be like the food's ready <laughs> and then we would just all sit together at the table and eat and sometimes if we were talking for a long time my papa tico would make some hot chocolate and then we would drink some hot chocolate before going to bed it sounds like family was a big part of the experience yes absolutely and i would say my parents were they were grandparents so they were a little bit older and i feel like we got a lot of one-on-one time with them and then also having um my abuelita tika stop in which would be my mama tika's mom and she was so sweet oh my goodness i loved her too and then her daughter would come by all the time and her granddaughter and we would all sit at the table together and talk and so i kind of got to know their whole family and it was so cool that being there for that semester how much she took us in and just kind of made us a part of that family and let us be involved with with all the parts of her daily life and um, just what they did every day. Yeah. It sounds like a very open culture. Yeah. Like very warm and willing to just bring you into the folds of their life. Definitely very kind. Yeah. We've had some of our students who have gone back after years to see their, their host families. And it, yeah, it's like they never missed any time with them. Yeah. You just welcomed right back in. You're one of them. Yep. I still text my mama Tika every once in a while and just see how she's doing and what she's up to. And I would definitely go back and see her in Costa Rica someday. For sure. So we talk a lot in the IPO about this thing called culture shock. Yes. <laughs> Do you feel like you experienced that at all, either on your short course in India or during the semester in Costa Rica? I would say in terms of culture, India was the most different from the U.S. than anywhere else I've ever been. But because I was there for such a short time, I feel like I spent the entire time in the honeymoon phase. and I never necessarily had it sink in. Um, But in going to Costa Rica, I would also say compared to conversations I had with other people, I was not very impacted by culture shock. I know by probably my third month, I was asking people like, hey, what are things that have that have been culture shocking to you just because I hadn't experienced a lot of them? And most people said directions were really, really hard because in Costa Rica, there's no addresses. My house, if you read the address, it's like a paragraph written out. It's like 200 meters down from this high school next to a veterinarian clinic. <laughs> like that's what the address of the house is with a black gate. Um, 
So a lot of people, they would be trying to tell a taxi driver where to go or an Uber person, and they would have they would have no clue how to explain it to them. And then the person in the car would be like, I don't know how to get you to where you want to go because you're giving me an address and I have no idea what that means. I need you to describe it to me. Um, But that's kind of how I understand directions here. (laughs) I'm really bad with road signs and things. So that was pretty normal to me. And I think another thing that bothered a lot of people was time. Just the fact that, like my teacher... I was on time for class every day, and my teacher was probably late like half the time, (laughs) especially my last month. But for me, showing up on time has always been such an important thing for me in the U.S. Like my papa always says, 15 minutes early is 10 minutes late or something like that. (laughs) Like, Like you have to be on time or early for everything. And to go there and kind of the time is important but it's important in regards to the people so a lot of times when my teacher was late it was because she was talking to another teacher in the hallway and she would never rush away from talking to that person like she would spend that time sitting there with that person having a full conversation and then come and that was what was most important Mm -hmm. and so it's more of no it's most important to be where I'm at right now and I'll get to where I'm going eventually but I'm not too worried about getting there Whereas I feel like here there's so much anticipation of like, oh, so I have to be 50 minutes early. So then all of a sudden you need to be getting ready 50 minutes early before you're 50 minutes early. And instead of just showing up somewhere and leaving from where you came, it's this entire process of being on time and figuring out how to get there. And it just adds so much stress here that I feel like after being in Costa Rica and understanding what it means to be still for just a moment, I miss a lot. So I'd say most of my culture shock was in coming back to the U.S. And in being like, why do we do it this way? (laughs) It was just, I was so frustrated my spring semester after getting back because I was just realizing I had never once at college just been able to sit down and enjoy a meal for three hours just talking to someone. Um, And if I did, I was losing time doing homework or I was losing something else. And so I was definitely wanting to implement that when I came back in just spending more time with people and making that really important time. I definitely spent a lot less time studying, (laughs) but (laughs) COVID saved me a little bit with that. (laughs) Well, it's true. It's it's a value and where we place it kind of makes it look a different way. Yeah. So for in the United States, I mean, the value is accomplishment, getting to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas in Costa Rica, it sounds like the value is really, as you said, being where you are, being present. Yeah, family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we can take a lot away from that. Definitely. So that was one of my questions. I think you already answered it, is if you could implement Mm -hmm. something from your study away experience into life here in the United States, would that be it? Yeah, I definitely think it would be a more family-oriented Um, And just community-oriented time and focus because of how individualistic the United States is and how much time we are doing things for ourselves. I think we a lot of times don't even look around to the people around us that are so important. And I would take away that, the more communal culture and also time, definitely. Yeah, for sure. You talked about that re-entry culture Mm -hmm. shock just kind of adjusting back yeah. to where you you were can be so much rougher. Mm-hmm. And on top of that adjustment, 
you decided to completely change up your majors. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I did decide to that. do that. <laughs> um, in studying abroad, I remember there was very few guys in the program, but I remember sitting down with one of them one day, and I was taking a holistic medicine class that he was also in, and I was like, I'm learning all about this form of medicine that is more focused on more of a lifestyle change and in in eating healthy and in just really taking care of your body in a way that's not, hey, I'm just going to take this medicine to make myself not in pain because I have a headache. It's saying, hey, I'm getting headaches. Why am I getting them? And then trying to solve that problem. Is it because I'm not eating the right foods? Is it because I'm not... Um, I'm not exercising at all. And after learning about that and realizing how allopathic medicine is so focused on kind of covering up things at times, um, I just realized that being a nurse in the United States wasn't what I was most passionate about. And beyond that, I also, I always wanted to learn Spanish and that was my non-negotiable when I came to college. And I just realized how much more passionate I am about languages than I was about nursing. And my end goal with nursing was to do nursing abroad. Um, but I just realized I could do that learning English and doing languages and would be able to study abroad or teach English abroad and do it in a way that I'm more passionate about. Yeah, for sure. Did it all work out as far as the courses you took and how it kind of refocused you into a new plan yeah as far as your your credits all came back and they were all worthwhile Mm -hmm. and and things like that definitely all of the courses I took abroad actually at the university they came back with five credits per course um, for each one even with just that aspect of it but then in switching my major, I do have a biology minor, so that's where the nursing courses kind of come to play. But in terms of how it transferred, I actually ended up having a lot more space by dropping the nursing major. So I was able to add another major and a minor. So I had two majors, and now I have two majors and two minors. And before every single one of my semesters would have been a completely full load but this next semester I can take 12 credits and have it be fine sure and so and I also get to take a bunch of courses that just for fun so I'm taking creative writing class this semester with Patrick Hicks just for kicks (laughs) so I'm excited about that (laughs) who we just interviewed you did (laughs) that was a good (laughs) connection boop (laughs) So you're back on campus, you're have a new kind of career path, but even in between, you did a lot to stay connected with our office. Mm-hmm. Um, you got involved with ACE, which you did before you took off before Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the, the motivation to, uh, to make all these international friends, to be so involved with our programming? Um, how did you decide that you wanted to be a part of all that? I think since studying abroad was such an important part to me of being at university, I also found it really important to be connected with international students here because I think being internationally minded isn't, it isn't just going away. It's also 
being engaged with the community that's right in front of you. And I working with the IPO and helping out Ace, that was probably one of the craziest, most fun months of my life right before going to Costa Rica in doing the Black Hills trip with all the students. And I feel like I just fell in love with that day that you pick an international student up from the airport and they might have never been to the U.S. before and just being Augustana to them in that moment and greeting them and saying, hey, welcome. And um, just that I think that moment is so important because I even remember getting to Costa Rica and having our director show up and pick us up and just that first introduction and feeling welcomed. And I would never want a student to show up and not immediately like know that there's someone that they can talk to and know that this is a place that they're going to be supported and um and listen to and that it it was worth coming here um to get to know people and have this experience for them studying abroad and getting their degree Mm -hmm. and you've become a great friend to so many we really appreciate that. <laughs> yes. International <laughs> students are all my best friends. I mean, we're a little biased in our office, but, but we think <laughs> they are the greatest. <laughs> I would definitely have to agree. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad we have that on air. <laughs> um, so one thing that can be a misperception, um, you've had two really cool, impactful study abroad experiences. Mm-hmm. So you must have a ton of money, right, to afford to do these things. I wish I had a ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the reality of that? How do you um, make it work? How do you afford it? How do you make it work? That is a really great question. For my J-term abroad, I was very blessed by my grandparents again, who love to travel because my grandpa offered to pay for a trip for me and my brothers when we were 6, 12, and 18. And so knowing that I wanted to study abroad in college and then deciding that I wanted to do it twice, I elected to have him pay for the J-term because in terms of how much it costs to actually go, that one is definitely the most expensive. Um, And he paid for the entire trip for me, which was so incredible. Um, And I was very blessed by that. But for the fall semester, it was actually less expensive for me to study abroad than to be at Augustana for that semester. And that really depends on the program you're going with and also where you're choosing to travel. I'm pretty sure New Zealand is more expensive or um, I've looked at a (laughs) a lot of different places that I could go. But because of the money value and how it's exchanged between Costa Rica and the U.S., that program was actually less expensive for me. Um, And all the money that I used to pay for it, I worked throughout the summer, and that was a majority of what I did. So it's definitely doable. And I even know some people who took out loans to go abroad, and I think that's worth it. Um, If that's what you need to do in college to be able to have that experience, this four years is such a unique time where you have a a level of freedom that you can do things like that, but you're also supported by your parents and you don't necessarily have a full-time job. So to be able to study abroad for an entire semester um, or even an entire year is what I would recommend to most people um, is definitely worth it. And I think everyone should. It goes back to that value of time. You have it. Yeah. So use it. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) Yeah. And even thinking about how you pick your program, um, that's all a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, our office does cost estimates yeah. and, and scholarship inquiries mm-hmm. and all those things. So 
you know that you can afford it or you at least have a budget or a plan in place. Yes. And I think it would be, it, it would always be worth it to at least ask and see how it could be possible and um, see how you could make it work if it doesn't seem like something you can reach for. I think that everyone at the IPO would be more than willing to help you figure it out. Yeah, for sure. And we always like challenges too. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Oh, fun. So, I mean, you've talked a, a lot about your experience coming here, changing majors, going different places, making friends from all over the world. Mm. Um, you're not done with your college uh your college career yet no I'm not (laughs) but so far what's been the highlight there's been so many wow what has been the highlight of my college experience I would say for me so much of why I wanted to go to college was not just for the educational portion but also because of the freedom that college offers and because of the people that you get to know And I specifically, another reason why I chose Augustana is because I wanted smaller class sizes. I wanted to get to know my professors. And I am introverted, but all the relationships that I've formed throughout this time, I'd say is what was most or has been most worth it to me in coming and has definitely been a highlight. Just the incredible people I've gotten to meet, whether it's an exchange student who's been here for one semester and just getting to know them and um, being a part of a tiny chapter in their life um, but also the relationships that are going to keep continuing that I started here but I'll keep on going yeah for sure we joke that if you make friends with international students you you have like your own built-in Airbnb right yeah basically anywhere (laughs) in the world yep (laughs) And I feel like in the U.S., a lot of people are like, you can come stay at my house, but they don't quite mean it. But when someone, when an international student or their mom is like, you can come stay at my house, they're really serious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They mean it. And the red carpet will be rolled out. Yes. For sure. So do you have any final words or thoughts as we wrap up our conversation today? Final words or thoughts. I think that Aaron and Heather are amazing and you should all be their friends. <laughs> so come to the IPO and say hi to them. <laughs> and I'm just very grateful for the time that I've gotten to spend in the IPO and all the help that you guys have given me. And I have loved every single minute of um, getting to know you guys. And I think that that, is, that has been another major highlight for me is my two moms in the IPO. <laughs> You have an incredible story, and we're so happy you took time to to share it with us and that we get to work with you on a weekly basis. <laughs> thanks, Erin. All right. Well, thanks for visiting today. Of course. <laughs> on behalf of the dedicated work of our international programs team, Ben, Aaron, Wade, and Saul, and our incredible student ambassadors, Liz and Yusi, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you take anything away from today's interview, take the smile that you can hear on Liz's face as she talks about her adventures through study abroad. Erin and I reflected on today's interview and wondered if Liz's decision to change majors, in part due to study abroad, might cause some trepidation for students considering study abroad. But we are very sure that Liz is happier than ever that she made the change and that her explorations through travel allowed her to see herself 
and her interests more clearly. I would say that taking responsible risks and getting out of your comfort zone will help you find yourself and illuminate your path. Study abroad can do that for anyone. Again, thanks for listening, and until next time, keep exploring the world.